The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid? Hashtag AH Stories, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series. Poppy Chulo Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Monday, August 16th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on FX on Hulu's American Horror Stories. Please welcome my co-host, Vinny Hatcher. I'm back. Not for long, if you go camping. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. And Priscilla Rocha. Who's hungry? Hey, everybody. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 6, which was titled Feral, and premiered on August 12, 2021, via FX on Hulu. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. A family goes on a camping trip unaware of what is lurking in the woods. Tried to milk it for as much as I could. It's just a sentence. But it is what happened. So, let's talk about the general theme of the episode. As as we've seen in the past, we've seen haunted houses, we've seen zombie-like people, we um we've had a slasher theme last week we got into demons and um pregnancy horror and this week we get the unknown of uh the great outdoors to be quite honest uh you know we get a little the internet seems to have called it a little bit of hills have eyes um I don't really see it that way, because uh, I sent both of you this Reddit thread that I was engrossed in many years ago. I had found... I don't even remember how the hell I found it. No, actually, I do remember how the hell I found it. Because there was a sci-fi series that was kind of American Horror Story-ish that came out, and I had read that one of their seasons was going to be inspired by this Reddit thread... And so I looked up the Reddit thread, and I was really excited. And while that season was decent, uh, I like I thought it was going to be really about the Reddit thread, but they took sort of elements of the Reddit thread and they turned it into something else, whatever. But the Reddit thread is fascinating to me, just because, you know, I always have this fascination with, you know, what's out there in the world. Like, I would never go camping. I'm just going to be honest, like straight up. I I might go glamping, you know, where you're like in a cabin with air conditioning and a toilet and a shower and a bed. Right. But I don't think I could ever just go into the woods, put a tent, get a sleeping bag, start a fire, and just be out there amongst the elements 
when I don't know what all the elements are. You know what I'm saying? And after reading the Reddit thread, just to give the listeners a taste of it, it's supposedly from a search and rescue national parks person, and they're giving sort of like their first-hand and second-hand accounts of just the spooky stuff happening in the woods. You know, whether it's, you know, wendigos and skinwalkers or, um, you know creepy staircases that are intact in the woods or doors that are in the woods that aren't supposed to be there or you know the lingering eye that you feel on you but you can't really tell what's out there it was really fascinating it's it was under the no sleep um, section of reddit and i'll be honest even the comments were hella interesting because whether the original poster was uh, telling the truth or whether they were just horror creations um, the comments were kind of interesting, because some people were like, well, I've seen sort of something like this, and I remember when I went here and saw something out the corner of my eye, and I'm like, hmm, well, maybe there is some truth to the unknown. So let's talk about the theme of the unknown. You know, stuff out there in the woods, uh, does that give you the heebie-jeebies, as uh, apparently it does for me? Vinny? Oh, God, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I... All my life, like my my family and I, we would go to Chincoteague, Virginia, and there were times before we purchased a trailer down there that we would actually go camping, and it was kind of like 80s version of glamping, like we had a, a little like porta potty and all that, but we would camp at this this place where you were surrounded by pine trees and marsh and all this, and I remember just being a child and, and every noise that you hear. Every time you hear a branch crack, every time you hear a bird or you've never heard before, because some of those birds at night sound really super creepy, I would get freaked out. And that whole fear of the unknown, it, it's its encompassing. It can be crippling. And now, living in Reno, Nevada, I'm surrounded by a lot of natural wilderness. You know, we've got forests, you got mountains, you got the desert, and I have many friends who go hiking. And outside of Reno, there's a lot of nothing. It's not a lot of like dense forest, but there are stretches of high mountain desert where if something happens to you, nobody might find you for weeks. So for me, I agree. Like I'm not a big camper. I'm not a fan of it. Not only because I am very spoiled and I'm a total princess, but also because of that element of like, you don't know what's out there. So this episode definitely resonated with me in that regard because that's kind of always been one of my fears is like I do go camping and then something goes really really wrong like you know mutated inbred children eat me well there is that (laughs) yes all right your majesty Priscilla what about you do you have a fear of the unknown are you a camping person or are you a chicken shit like I am Oh, definitely in camp chicken shit. I am not a camping person in the slightest. I am a princess. I cannot go anywhere without running water, without without a shower and a toilet and a covered roof over my head and air conditioning and all that jazz. No, I just, oh, God, bugs and wildlife and just random noises coming out from everywhere just coming out to scare me no camping sounds miserable it sounds like an awful time i know that you can see like the sky and it's supposedly romantic but i don't know can't you watch a movie or you can go <laughs> see it but go back home and not sleep out overnight well there exactly. is that too 
I love, can't you just go watch a movie? That's beautiful. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I co-sign everything. I mean, I already said, you know, my whole thing with the camping. What about, like, camping, or not even just camping, but just the myths of, uh, you know, what is out there? Like, are either of you, like, curious about that? Have either of you done any reading online? Or have been, you know, are you, are you interested in that type of... Uh, horror as far as you know whether it's a theatrical production you know a movie or something on the tv like are you are both of you into that type of horror priscilla i'll start off with you it almost is attached to me because like i like seeing that type of horror because i know i'll never be in that type of horror because i would never be caught dead camping so part of me is like okay watching a whole bunch of people going into like cabin in the woods yeah sure of course i'll watch that because i would never do that so to watch a whole bunch of crazy people do crazy shit is intriguing to me. It's like watching Jackass. Okay, there you go. See, here's the thing. I had always been maybe kind of fascinated by the idea of, like, renting a cabin in the woods and that sort of thing. And, you know, because it's like camping, but you're, like, in a house. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of nice. But then cabin fever ruined it for me. <laughs> and you know i mean yeah like if you've seen cabin fever like yeah i know yeah no uh vinny what about you uh just the whole the, the horror that we saw in this that type of horror is that the kind of stuff like do you look up urban legends and uh are you into all that kind of stuff about you know the the mysteries of uh the unknown oh god yeah i i regularly listen to the no sleep podcast all of my life i've been fascinated by the preter and supernatural um i've probably browsed through way too many reddit threads at three o'clock in the morning when i can't sleep which i shouldn't be reading that when i'm trying to go to sleep but no i you know i've always believed that there is it's kind of like the whole thing about aliens it, it, in my mind it's ridiculous to discount the existence of aliens because this universe is infinite and it can't be that we're the only world on which life evolved so in that equation that logic transitions to me in the sense of like we have so many legends we have so many creatures of myth and mythology that are rumored to have existed or exist and yes some of them have been discounted by finding the original source or you know the the catalyst for the myth but there's so much that is unexplained and i admit there is a part of it in me that is just the sheer desire of you know knowing or not knowing, but believing in the fantastical things that could be out there I have always been fascinated with the idea of vampires. I've always been fascinated with the idea of, you know, this this world that we live in, but underneath of it, there's like this other world, kind of like the dark web, you know, like not everybody has access to it, but I do firmly believe that there is more to meet the eye into what's out there. So honestly, I think this episode got to me because there wasn't magic. There wasn't anything really supernatural. This was primal. It was raw. It was people who are completely, ex you know, not excommunicated, but removed from society and have evolved on their own, creating their own language, inbreeding with each other. It's very wrong turn. Hills have eyes. You know, this could happen. No offense to anyone listening who's there, but my father's from West Virginia and I've been there. So <laughs> I've seen those mountains. I've seen those forests. I know what could be out there is... It's such a wide expanse. So, no, I am a firm believer, and and f I'm fascinated with it, 
And I think it was that that belief and that desire to have those things existing, because to me, it just makes the world more interesting. I think that helped this episode be one of my favorites. Um, I would love to see the day one day where we do find out more about what might or might not be out there. But at the same time, it does scare the ever-living shit out of me. If I was in the cabin in the woods and I found something like this, I would probably not put myself in that situation, like Priscilla said, <laughs> just to make sure that it doesn't happen. I know, right? Well, now you have four pages of uh, that Reddit thread that you can yes. read. You know, because I sent it bo- to both Priscilla and uh, and Vinny, so you can peruse that when uh, you know in the middle of the night when you can't sleep. Priscilla, did you actually read any of that? I am just curious. Yes, I did. Okay, wasn't it creepy in a fun way? Yes. Oh my god! And in a creepy way. <laughs> <laughs> now, see what when we have an episode. Like, no, I can't read this at night. I need to read this during the daytime where I'm not going right. to We need an episode dedicated just to that thread. <laughs> I know, right? And you have to go, and I promise both of you, you have to actually go into the comments. Like, one day, just do one part one. There are actually four parts. I think I sent uh, both of you just three parts. But you can okay. click the link and get to the, the part that was missing that I didn't um, send you the link to. But, like, read one of them, and then go down into the comments, and then, like, read all the comments that you possibly can. Because it's, it's fascinating whether, you know, any of it's true or not. I cannot tell you, but I believe the fuck out of a lot of it because there are people co-signing left and right of, I saw this in the woods and I heard this and I heard that. All I know is after reading those four, that four part Reddit thread in the comments is if you happen to find stairs in the wood, in the woods, do not climb them. And if you find a door, ignore it and walk the other direction. So... Yeah. What I will tell you, and I'll save this for next week, since next week it's going to be more ghosts again. But I have a ghost story from when I was a kid oh, that I will share next week. Nice. I have ghost story too, um, but the, it is, wasn't really spooky. Um, I have seen my grandmother after she passed, and she I felt her. Like, she actually touched me, my face. That's that's not my story, but I have also had that same experience after my grandmother passed. See, see, we're collabor- we're corroborating. See, there you go. Just yes, that <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, well, just a little teaser for myself and for everybody else. Was it like a spooky thing? Oh God, yeah. Oh, oh okay. absolutely. It involves a mm-hmm. broken down old house from like the 1700s. And someone being somewhere where there's no physically possible way they could have been. Oh, well, that's a, that's something. Yes, I have not <laughs> had a spooky encounter with the supernatural, and I would like to keep it that way, just in case if any of them are listening to me right now. So, <laughs> yes, moving right along. Let's talk about the introduction to this episode. So we get a very clear intro in this episode. I mean, we guess I guess we did in the previous one as well because we had a time jump, but this one has a much more significant time jump. So we flash to a couple taking their three-year-old child on a camping trip. We're introduced to this family. It's Jay... It is uh, Addie, and it is their child, Jacob. And, uh, you know, we see the family dynamic. We see them, uh, you know, sort of enjoying the 
the camping trip. Um, Addie has a little bit of hesitation to her about it, but she gets into it. And after they hear some creepy noises and that sort of thing, she's still into it. It looked like they were about to have sex in front of their child, who's like in the same tent with them, which I was like, okay, well, I guess you got to get it in when you can get it in. But anyway. That's what he said? Yes. Uh, The next morning... Uh, as they're, it looked like they were about to go fish or play with like a, a toy on the lake. Uh, there's a little game of hide and go seek. While they're doing that, Addie ends up finding a deer carcass in a tree. Which, um, I mean, I, I feel like that would freak anybody out. Just because why is there a deer carcass in a tree? But uh, over on the other side of the lake... Hide and seek between father and son, and son disappears. Dun dun dun. And that is the premise of the episode. We flash forward ten years later after we return after the um, opening credits. And Can I um, say yes. thing? Mm-hmm. Why the hell do white people play hide and seek in the woods? Why? I don't know, <laughs> Vinny. Can you explain it for us, please? I honestly never played hide and seek in the woods because I feel like I was smarter. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's like asking for your child to be kidnapped. Yes. Yes. Ask for your child to be eaten by a bear or something, or just right. to, be, to fall, like, or to be hurt, or just don't do it. Don't play hide and seek in the woods. I mean, I'm and not going to disagree with yeah. you. So let's talk about the the opening, the intro, the introduction to the premise of this episode priscilla since you were talking uh, lead the conversation what'd you think of the en- the intro did it set the mood uh were you in suspense did you know something bad was going to happen to little jacob oh yeah I, like i think something i i think i knew something bad was going to happen as soon as like they they um showed the deer carcass and i was like ooh, someone left that as a message there Someone uh, or uh, and they they started showing like creepy music like w- when it started playing like at night and she's like what what's that at the outside and she was a little freaked out I was like okay okay this 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 campground isn't exactly all that normal so I don't think I don't think this family's gonna end up being as wholesome and as same as it started out with with this camping trip and the best way to do that is to get rid of the kid so yeah i just i figured the kid was gonna go away priscilla i see what you did there this family is no longer going to be wholesome (laughs) too much yeah, I, I mean, I knew something bad was going to happen, clearly. I mean, this is American Horror Stories, so uh, of course something bad's going to happen. Can I just say, though, like, I understand that, you know, you're in the woods, so you hear howling and stuff, you assume a coyote or something, because they're, um, they're in California, as uh, we've been discussing. We haven't gone out of California at all this season, on American Horror Stories, which could be because the season seems to be very Murder House-centric, and the Murder House is in Los Angeles, so maybe there is a sort of theme to that. Um, So, you know, you hear the howling, you might think it's a coyote, 
let me just say this. If I were either of them, because we had that moment, and I know it was like a jump scare, and it was maybe meant a little bit more for us, the audience, than them, but when you had the shadow, clearly something was right outside. I mean, literally 12 inches from their head, outside of their tent, walking, and also howling, or whatever the fuck it was doing. Why the hell did they not jump up and be like, we're getting the fuck out of here? At least that's what I would have done. Because we have a child, and there's clearly something feral out there that could bring us harm. Like, that that was a moment where I was like, mm-hmm. Vinny, I don't know if that was a moment for you, but what did you think of the setup, the, the general premise, this family going on a camping trip, and then poor little Jacob vanishes? I had a feeling from the outset that Jacob was just going to die. Like... I, I I knew something was going to happen to the kid because it just seemed like such the perfect setup. How dramatically it went from you thinking it was just the two of them in the car to panning to him in the back seat, like the whole it, there was foreshadowing. So I, I had a feeling I liked it. Uh, it was honestly kind of nice to get out to the wilderness. This was definitely a departure for American Horror Story. I mean, we had 1984 that took place in the woods, but that still was a, more civilized. I really enjoyed the fact that this was very isolated. The cast was very small. It wasn't a very large group. There weren't a lot. There were really no extras beyond the dead bodies and the and the hillbilly children. Um, what I thought was hilarious the entire time I was watching this, I was like, going back to what Priscilla said, like, okay, your kid is like two years old. I don't know about y'all, but I would not be taking my two year old into the deep wilderness to go camping. That is just like asking for your child to have an accident, fall down, and then when the father, right where the kid got kidnapped, like, I would also never let my child run that far ahead or behind me and take himself out of my line of sight. Like, uh, irresponsible parenting 101. They deserved what happened because they were not the most responsible parents. I'm sorry. Like, it, it was so... It got me emotional in the sense of I was like, you guys are dumb. Your, your kid's going to – something's going to happen to him. Stop. I was invested from the beginning when this all started going. Um, and I actually – like the the characters themselves, like the, the Addie and Aaron Tevitt's character, like they – I believed their relationship. I believed that they were a happy couple. I believed that they were – you know, they were just this – I was invested in them from the start. And maybe it's just with how Norman Rockwell it started with them just, you know, driving off into the camp. Um I definitely, there were multiple times where I was kind of like, I don't know where this episode is going. Is it going to be Bigfoot? Is it going to be some monster? I did not expect the the backwoods hills have eyes. I was pleasantly surprised to be taken by surprise. So yeah, I was definitely here for it. Yeah, totally. Same here. I enjoyed the setup. I enjoyed the actors as well, much like you, Vinny. I was invested from the beginning. Two, um, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought they did a really great job with it. And props also, as I keep on say, saying every week, the individual or individuals that are behind the opening credits, you know, creating opening credits that are so specific to uh, the theme and the story at hand are fantastic. This one was fantastic as well. Uh, and also, I will give props to Manny Cotto. We've seen his name pop up a lot this season on American Horror Stories. He has written 
every single episode outside of the Murder House ones. And uh, this is the one that he got the chance to direct. So props to him, because uh, I feel like he's been doing a pretty damn good job with uh, this spinoff. So let's talk about the cast. We got a familiar face from The Mothership, American Horror Story, Cody Fern, who plays the park ranger Stan Vogel. We also got a returning actor from American Horror Stories. Way back in episode two, Aaron Tevitt plays the father, plays Jay. And the rest of the individuals are new to the franchise. What's interesting about Cody is that um, everybody online thought he was using, like, he was um, acting with an Australian accent, and they thought he, it was a really bad Australian accent. And he's Australian. <laughs> which, I'll that. be honest, I had completely forgotten. I'm sure I read that before, like, when he joined, what was his first season of American Horror Story? It was the, um, it was Apocalypse, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure I read like in his Wikipedia or IMDb, that he was Australian. So I, I'm sure I knew that in the back of my head. But his American accent is fantastic. It's incredibly convincing. So the fact that he decided to use his natural accent and he was called out in the Twitterverse by people saying that it was a bad Australian accent made me laugh. And his reaction was actually fantastic as well. I read an interview with him where he was reacting to everyone's reaction. It's awesome. So let's talk about the cast. What did we think of them? Who stood out? Uh, were we glad to see some of the returning people? Uh, Aaron certainly got a little bit more meat uh, in this episode than he did the first time around where he was much more of a support supporting, not even secondary, maybe even tertiary character. So he was front and center in this one. What do we think of the cast? Uh, Vinny? Uh, like I mentioned before, like off the bat, I was invested in the couple, and I found everyone in this cast to be incredibly well-rounded, well-acted. Uh, every performance, in my opinion, was actually executed extremely well. Um, you know, Cody Fern as the the borderline creepy slash secretive park ranger, I was totally here for it. I really enjoyed it. I, you know, he he walked that line as Cody Fern is very good at doing. Of is he bad? Is he good? Is he just weird? Like. He added this nuance to that character that I really, really enjoyed. And the couple, it, you know, the, it, it didn't... We've talked about this before, how with a isolated anthology series where each episode, or maybe two episodes, is a, a, an encapsulated story, that it is very hard to not only connect with the characters, but become invested with them. And I won't say that I was invested in every character, because there were, you know, one or two that I really didn't care about dying. Um, well, I guess one. Um, the What was the guy's name that led them there? Benji or whatever it was, um, but Bob. Overall, I, I think this was one of the most well-rounded episodes as far as the cast is concerned, and I, I totally adored it. Yeah, I mean, I co-signed all of that. So, Priscilla, what about you? Talk to me about the cast and uh, who stood out for you. I thought the guy that played Bob Birch was really good. Like he he played like almost. Like I'm a hunter in the woods, and I'm just here. I'm not. I'm not here for tricks. I'm here just to help you guys find your son. And like he, he played that part well until he, until he got to the creepy parts, and he's like, and then he broke down, and 
then you were just kind of like, oh shit, like no, he really is, he 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 really is a bad guy, and but but he didn't he didn't do all this shit, and he's still gonna fuck you guys over. It was he he did a really good job. I liked him, and I really liked um as 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 much as you, people gave him shit for his Australian fake accent, which is not fake in the slightest. Cody Fern did a really good job playing Stan Vogel. I thought I thought that that was really good, especially with the whole creepy pasta Teddy Roosevelt created the the park rangers to protect the world from what's inside the parks. Only nobody else is supposed to know about it. Like that whole that 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 whole spiel thing. Like I thought that was really cool. I loved that part. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I do agree that Birch was creepy in like a good way, but I was like looking forward to his demise, like 100%. Like there, yeah, yeah. Like I was like, he needs to die. Cause he did ske- seem hella sketch, but it was appropriate for the story. And at the end of the day, he was hella sketch because he was lying to them. You know, the whole premise of 10 years later, he shows up to Jay and is like, you know, I have a picture and it is your son. And I found the compass that you had given your child and all this sort of thing. And what led them there. And he was going to take the 10 K and he was going to have, you know, these, uh, drug uh, runners, growers, etc murder them and dispose of the body. I mean, it was it was a whole lot. A whole lot. But he was hella sketch, and he played that perfectly. Yes. So, let's talk about the feral people. What did we think of them? What did we think of their design, their costuming, the makeup that was used on them, the choreography for them... What did we think of them in general? And uh, what did both of you think of the fact that we were getting pieces of them, you know, as the episode progressed? You know, as they were walking through the woods, they were being watched by these entities. And uh, we saw them camouflaged, you know, hugging a damn tree and the other one uh, slouched over a tree. It, I mean, it was fascinating because I feel like that could be real life. You know, you're walking through an area that you don't know, and you don't know what the hell that is. Is it a feral person? Is it a, you know, is it a tree? Is it a bear carcass? I don't know. Priscilla, what'd you think of uh, the feral people? Man, I loved the makeup design for them, especially the tall feral. I thought he looked imposing. He looked like how do I phrase this? He looked like those those zombies that you get like in Resident Evil when you finally get to like the really big like the maximum ones when you're just kind of like oh shit do I have enough ammo because if I don't have enough ammo I'm going to die here and I know I'm going to die here because there's no way I can handle this guy with just a knife like that's how I felt with the tall feral like I was just kind of like oh my god this guy is huge and he's just gonna rip them into shreds and he's gonna eat their 
hands like popsicle sticks. He's just gonna rip them into pieces. And the the only feral that I didn't like the art direction of was oddly enough the one that was the linchpin of the entire thing, which was Jacob. I didn't like feral Jacob. I was like, oh okay. He looked. I don't know. He just. He looked too simple. He just looked like he had bad dental problems. That was it. I'll well, tell you it, what he looked it like. only been ten years, and it's not like he's inbred. <laughs> but um, but I get what you mean. He looked like the bastard child of Skathak from uh, Roanoke, Gaga's character. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I I agree with you though. I think that. For him to be the denouement of all of them and the ruler or whatever, like... Look at you with your fancy words. Yeah, I know, I try. (laughs) You know, it was a little bit of a letdown. Like, we obviously were wondering what happened to Jacob, and it felt like they put so much effort into the ambient ferals. When you finally get to him, it was like, okay, so they gave him some prosthetic teeth and a really bad wig and a crown of thorns. (laughs) Well, I mean... You know, it worked on Midsummer. But oh, <laughs> that, that movie. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, okay, my favorite. I loved the one that had like hooves. Like, I yes. just thought the design for him. If you see something like that, I mean, outside of the tall one, because the tall one was fantastic because he was just so imposing, and it was it's like something out of you know if if Silent Hill had. You know, a, a in the woods version, like he would be, as Priscilla would say, like a mini boss or like a big boss in that game. Uh, so the tall one was awesome because he was scary. But if you see that hooved dude, you know, slouched over, walking on all fours in the middle of the woods, like you are running or you are dying. So. <laughs> He was fantastic. That was awesome, awesome. Great uh, um, design, or whatever the hell you want to call it, for his costume. Uh, Okay, let's see. (laughs) Let's talk about the suspense. So, uh, we're rooting for this couple. At least I feel like we've all said we enjoyed the couple. So So we're, in essence, rooting for them. What did we think of... uh, how the suspense like ratched up throughout their journey, you know, because we see they're taken to uh, the people that they were going to, but they're all dead. We had seen some of the feral people watching them. And then it looks like Birch is going to kill them for their money, this, that, or the other. And then, bam, one of the dead bodies, and uh, this is a podcast, so you can't see my air quotes, but one of the dead bodies, with air quotes, uh, um, uh, takes a bite out of Birch's neck. And now we, we're at the point to where our couple needs to survive. What do we think of the suspense in this episode? Were we invested? Were we worried for this couple? Did the suspense work for you, Vinny? Oh, it definitely did. Um, I think the pacing was really well executed. In the beginning, I wasn't sure how it was going to work doing that time jump, uh, but it, it all played out. You know, it, it going from 
being in the peak of losing their child to flash forwarding 10 years later and seeing how these people have separated, divorced, and, you know, that was an element of suspense for me right there in the sense of, like, we were all into these characters. We were there for the family dynamic. And to see that fall apart in the space of, like, five or ten minutes, you know, that was suspenseful for me. And part of the suspense for me was, like, you guys are so freaking stupid. I mean, I'm sorry, but if some strange guy showed up at my house and was like, I saw a picture of your kid, why don't we all go together into the middle of the remote woods where there's no one to help you in case I'm an asshole? You know, even though I'm like, they're stupid, I felt for them. And that suspense really just, it continued on a very slow, like creeping poison-like pace all the way through the end of the episode where I feel like the last 15 minutes of the episode were just on the, not, I don't know if breakneck is the right word, but they were incredibly impactful. We were hit with a lot very quickly in a great way. So I think the crescendo was really well done. And there wasn't a moment in this episode where I was like, okay, I'm not hooked. I, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Yeah, totally. I agree with you. And what's interesting about that, because I was also on the edge of my seat throughout the episode, what's interesting about it is that because we do get a breather for a moment. So we have, you know, this, you know, sort of like breakneck pace when uh, well, literally um, Birch, well, he didn't get his neck broken, but it, you know, he, he got it chomped on and then he got eaten. Um, so so we have the couple, they're running back to the ranger station and it's hella suspenseful, but we get a breather because we get a moment in which the park ranger, Stan, ends up spilling all the tea about why there are national parks, you know, the, 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 these creatures, you know, these, uh, he thinks that it's the mountain men that just didn't come down from the mountain who are sort of inbred and they're feral, they're primal, they are cannibals, uh, you know, they aren't supposed to go out of their little area, but they've been getting out of their area and this, that, or the other. So he gives the 411 on what has been going down, what he knows, what he can share. Um, some could say maybe that he gave the details a little too quickly. We do have to remember this isn't a season-long story. This is a story that's supposed to be told in anywhere between 35 and 50 minutes. So, you know, he was threatened with a gun. He gave all the information, and we needed the information. So they, they had to do it in a as, as convincing way as possible within the span of a 40-minute episode. So they did that. So that was kind of a breather, but then immediately we get the suspense again when we realize that these feral people are invading the ranger station. And then, you know, Stan dies in, you know, a spectacular way. You get disemboweled. I mean, come on. You know, where can you get disemboweled nowadays? Just The Walking Dead, right? So he got it on American Horror Story. Stories, I should say. Priscilla, what'd you think of the pacing, the suspense? Were you on the edge of your seat as Vinny and I were? I don't know. For me, I didn't like the pacing. I felt like I felt like everything was taken to ratcheted to the extreme to the point where there wasn't any breaks, there wasn't any there wasn't any rhyme or reason to anything to balance out the 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 breakneck pace that was going on so you only had 
the Pharaohs winning, but you didn't have anything to balance it out. Like maybe, maybe if Stan had survived, I would have been a little bit more pleased with the conclusion. Or maybe if uh, Addy had survived, or if Jay had survived, or I don't know, if maybe one of them had survived, I would have been okay with it. But like none of them survived at all. It was just like a wink and a nod and everybody got eaten and it was a buffet of just like cannibal madness it was just i don't know it it just it disappointed me the ending disappointed me well we're going to talk about it right now although i will say pre covid i loved a buffet i mean i don't know if i would go to one now but <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> but i do love a buffet and we did get a buffet so let's talk about the end because we had a twist, and I know that we sort of talked about it already when we talked about just characters and and um, you know the the makeup and the design and that sort of thing. But I do have to ask. So when you watch this episode, when we got to the end, so we have Stan, he dies while he's getting eaten up by everybody at at the Stan buffet. We have our couple escape. And they're running through the woods. Uh, I should have mentioned that um, that Jay did get shot. It was through and through. But he's hurt, so he's limping. And Addie is trying to help him out, even though you know they are divorced. They were they divorced, separated. We got a lot of the the familial drama, the couple drama in this episode to at least understand their headspaces and what happened over the course of those ten years. But she's there. She's supporting him. She's you know carrying him through as they're running through the forest. They're being hella loud, I will say. And the ferals are chasing them, and then they're surrounded by every single feral in the state of California, it seems. And there's, it's like, like they're literally surrounding them in a circle. And then they look up, there's a throne of bones, and there's King Feral, and it is Jacob. And he's got bad teeth, he's got a whole lot of hair, and they recognize him. They're like, Jacob? And he does the whole boo thing that we saw them doing ten years ago. So he remembers them, and then we have a feral ask him, who are these people? In feral language. And there's a moment... There's another moment, there's another moment, but then he says, dinner. And they all get eaten by the ferals, blood splatters on him, he wipes it off with a finger and sucks it up because you can't waste the blood. Talk about a brutal ending. I did not see this coming, and it was spectacular. Like, I didn't see this dark ending happening. Like, I had a feeling we were going to see Jacob again. I didn't think this was going to happen. So, Priscilla gave a little bit of a taste as to what she thought of the ending. Vinny, I want to ask you first, before we get some more of Priscilla's analysis. What did you think of the end? The twists and the turns? So, I kind of saw the dark, 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 dark ending coming from a mile away. And in a good way. Um... I've watched a lot of these types of movies over the years and you know, it's a very common thing in movies like this that usually it's very rare that more than one person survive or even if it's normal, if none survive. And I think 
what really worked about this ending for me is the utter realism of what they were up against. You've got two city slickers who are not equipped to really survive well in the wilderness. They're also, one's been shot. They are grief-stricken. They are emotionally overwrought in every possible way, stressed out. And the one person that probably could have helped them has just been disemboweled in front of them. You know, so they are miles away from wherever their car was. They're miles away from any type of help because ranger stations are normally not super close to each other because they cover a large swath for each station, I believe. So I would have probably found it a huge suspension of disbelief if these two had survived uh, because of the sheer number of the ferals that we saw there at the end. So I think the ending actually worked. It was very cohesive and it was a fitting climax to that crescendo that we saw with the suspense and with these people continually making mistakes, you know, trusting the wrong person, you know, just pushing on when they were told multiple times, don't do it, don't do it. You know, there was a lot in this episode about desperation. I think that was the overall theme because Birch was desperate. The parents were desperate. The ferals were desperate and their desperation and unfortunately, in the case of the parents, got them eaten alive. It's, you know, a rural golden corral, if you will. Um, the only thing that I did not like was I wanted more interaction between them and the parents. I wanted more fight from the parents trying to convince Jacob to remember who he was. I feel like they were going for a very minimalistic perspective of like, oh, he sees them. There's like a glimmer of possible recognition. They're they're in shock that it's actually him. But I didn't feel that it worked, that they didn't really push it and try to say, we're your parents. Do you remember us or anything along those lines? They kind of just stood there like lemmings and just didn't say a word much beyond, oh, my God, Jacob. Uh, That was the only part that I didn't care for. But overall, I think the ending was very, very fitting. Okay. So we got one side of the coin. Priscilla, talk to me about the ending. I don't know. Again, like, I feel like had the ranger survived or something like that because it feels like he he knew about everything from the get-go from the beginning and he could have survived had he like kept the door shut but he went outside to go help everybody else out and he got like mauled by all the other ferals that came out to help so he died in agony but like I don't know. It just it feels like such wasted effort. Like everybody went out to find this kid and they found the kid, but the kid didn't want to be found. So wah wah, that was it. Like it was just I don't know, if if it feels so stupid. Okay. I like the ending. And I I don't know if I wanted any of them to survive. It is horror, and like, you know, we can't always have a happy ending in any type of spooky production. So, I I think the deaths were fine for me. The twist was good, because I think we all hoped that Jacob would spare his parents. But it's been ten years, and he clearly has a brand new family. In all their eclectic glory. So the darkness of the twist of him saying that they're dinner. When he clearly recognized them. He knows who they are. Was 
so dark and twisted for me that it it worked. Like I liked it a lot. I I it was horrific in a spectacular way. With all the blood and guts and all that type of shit. It was good for me. Alright, was there anything that I missed? A tiny little moment that either of you want to chat about before we move into the MVP? Not me. Alright. Well, it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. Vinny, who's your MVP and why? I'm going to go with Park Ranger with the Australian accent, Mr. Cody Fern. I loved him. I, out of everybody in this episode, I think that his character added a lot of panache. He added style. He added an element of, like I said before, nuance to, was he creepy? Is he in on it? Because for a moment there, I actually thought that he was in on it with the ferals. Like maybe the whole thing with the park system was that they were not only keeping us separate, they were working to keep the ferals in there by feeding them or something. Like there was a moment where I entertained that thought. So his character kept me guessing, and he played the creepy very, very well, but he never crossed the line to where, like, oh, I I don't like you. No, I liked him, even when he was kind of being creepy, because there was an air of mystery. I think that he brought that gravitas that he brought when he played Michael in Apocalypse. He's a very well-versed actor, and I I think he, hands down for me, deserves MPP. All right. Uh, A good choice. Priscilla, what about you? For me, I'm picking Blake Shields' character, Bob Birch, because I think he played that almost caring line for a, so for a second you thought maybe maybe this guy's right, maybe he has found the kid and he is like run, like running around with the with the drug lords, and then you then you realize no, he's not. He's fucking with them and and he's leading them into chaos and then you realize even more no this guy has no idea what the hell he's doing and and they they're they're leading them someone's leading them into doom and he's a puppet in a master scheme of things and he just lasted for a second more before he died and his death scene was epic so yeah for sure Bobbert. Very interesting choice that came that for me that comes out of left field, but it, that is a good choice. I like it. I like how you repped for uh, Mr. Birch. I am going to give the MVP to Jay. I thought Aaron Tebbit did a really good job conveying, you know, the weight of the loss that was on his soul. You know how he blamed himself, but took it out on his wife how he wanted to be blamed, uh, the isolation, the hope, the fear, the sadness. Like, I don't have kids, but I I can picture how I would react if my child went missing. And uh, I can understand the horror in that act by itself. Adding in feral creatures, the unknown of the national park system, and all that kind of stuff gives it, like, it it ratches up the tension a lot, and uh, I feel like he did a really good job uh, conveying all of that. Uh, So, uh, now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 compasses? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden compass. 
No, not the book. An actual golden compass. Uh, let's see. Uh, Priscilla, you can go first. I would give this episode a seven. It was average. It was all right. It felt like a creepypasta ex- it explained like in the simplest of terms, but it wasn't really like for me. What give what gives something a golden is was I scared and the ferals didn't really scare me. And another thing that like the the only thing that really scared me was the wood themselves. And I'm always scared of the wood, so that there was nothing really new there. And another thing is, did the story itself scare me? Did 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 was the resolution clear and I didn't really like the resolution of the story so I have to give it a 7 it it was just average it was an okay ending I love that line I'm always scared of the woods I like it yes Vinny what about you I am going to give this episode a Nicole Kid I mean a golden compass <laughs> Nicole Kidman, um, yes. I had to, I had to. No, you know, I have been very stingy. I I, I think I haven't yet given, like, the, the ultimate rating to any of the previous episodes. Um, but for this one, I'm going to. For the sheer fact that from start to finish, I was invested. I enjoyed it. It was a callback and an homage to The Hills Have Eyes, Wrong Turn. The fear of being lost in the woods or being misled and baited by somebody who had malicious intentions towards you. You know, there was so much that worked. The pacing was fabulous. While I didn't care for, like, the two to three minutes where they were in front of him and begging, you know, with their face, and I wanted more vocalization— Ultimately, I think this was one of the best episodes of American Horror Stories in this first season. I think that it was cohesive from start to finish. We had a very small core group of people that we were able to focus on and spend time with. I, you know, it was invested in each of them in a different way. And I think the the very dark ending was incredibly appropriate, like I talked about before, so I won't rehash that. But no, I'm definitely giving this the golden compass for it because this was probably it's up there with being I haven't decided yet, but it's it's in the running to be my favorite episode of this season. Well, damn. All right. Uh, so, interestingly enough, I, starting the episode after I watched, starting this podcast, I should say, after I watched the episode, like, what I was thinking of and wh- where I was going when I started the podcast was a 10 for me. But I think I talked myself up to a golden compass because I really did like this episode. The whole theme of the unknown in the woods, uh, the feral creatures and their design, uh, the storyline as well, and the dark ending really sold it for me. It was a really solid almost hour of American horror stories. And if this is the type of quality that we're going to be getting in season two, which it was announced that there will be a second season in the year 2022. Uh, I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. So, yeah, I will give it a golden as well. So, I'll ask the same question that that I've asked during previous podcasts at the end. Do you want to see any of these actors again? Uh, Did we like any of the actors? Uh, Well, clearly, I I know we enjoy Cody Fern, so... um, we will be seeing Cody again, but uh, any of the other individuals stand out? Aaron Tevitt. 
I mean, I said that when he was, I think I mentioned that in the murder house episode, but in this episode, we were actually given more meat and potatoes with him. He got to do more than just a few minutes and from start to finish, he is such a departure from the previous role that he played and he did it so well. He executed, like you were talking about the sadness and the weight of the loss of his son and everything. I have now seen him play a crazy fucked up bad guy, and now we've seen him play a concerned and grief-stricken father. So he's clearly got mastery of the spectrum of playing different roles on different areas on that spectrum. So I think he is a very solid investment for future iterations of either this or the flagship series. Um, The woman who played Addie, I also think that she has a lot of potential. She actually did really, really well because she could have played the character as a one note character, but she actually fluctuated well from, I'm really distraught. I'm really torn up, but no, I want what I want. I want to hear this story. I want to do this. She could have very easily been overshadowed by Cody Fern, Aaron Tevitt, the Birch character, but Addie, she did stand on her own and she made that character. And so I would be curious to see what else that actress is capable of in other roles in the series. Okay. Awesome. Priscilla, anything else to add? Maybe seeing Jacob as the Pharaoh Jacob, along with seeing Lady Gaga as the witch, seeing both them Oh, okay, seeing the characters again. Yeah. That would work. All right, there you go. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Hashtag AH Stories. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Are You Afraid? AH Stories and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with Priscilla. Good night, everybody. Be safe in the woods. And Vinny. Oh, everyone, be careful. If you're walking in the woods and you see a crippled person with hooves that looks like their face was eaten off, go the other direction. Better yet, don't go into the woods at all. Have a wonderful night. Exactly. And avoid the stairs and the doors in the woods. I just read that one, actually. That was really creepy. Yes. And apparently as you climb the stairs, you feel a little woozy. Don't climb the stairs. Yes. Don't climb any stairs. Stay on the first floor. I'm just saying. Sadly, I live on the second floor now. Oh, (laughs) Oh, you're always climbing the stairs. Thanks for tuning in. Down the new episodes of Are You Afraid? Hashtag AH Stories every Tuesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Puppet Radio Archives. Good night.